the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that your week is full of life. Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. And I hope this week is full of joy, no matter your circumstances, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can be facing the hardest difficulties, but if you find that deep joy in him, you can hold on to that. We've been talking about who God is, and today I'm actually sharing about my adoption story. I think it's important to share God's word, and last week when we were talking about him as our author and perfecter of our faith, we also talked about how in Revelation it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So it's important for us to share God's word, which is true for all people for all time, and it remains forever. It's also really cool to share how God has worked in our lives because he does the same thing that he did in the Old Testament, the same thing that he did in the New Testament. He continues to do today. He works in our lives. He redeems the bad. He redeems the messy, and he makes it beautiful. He brings beauty for ashes. I'm very thankful to have an amazing, amazing family. Growing up, I knew that I was adopted. My parents didn't like hide that from me. They told me about my adoption story kind of piece by piece as I grew up because that's a lot to take in as a little kid. As a kid, I remember being upset when I knew that I was adopted because I wanted to be like my cousin who came from his mommy's tummy. Why couldn't I come from my mommy's tummy? I found out that my birth mother was older when she got pregnant with me. She um, had already had a couple of kids who were in high school at the time. She was like in her 40s and she met this man and got pregnant by accident. And she was working, she had these two older kids and she would kind of hide the fact that she was pregnant by going to the grocery store like really like at 3 a.m. or you know, just trying to hide and avoid people so they wouldn't know about the, the accident. And as a kid, how I took that in was that it was me. I was the mistake, I was the accident, that I really shouldn't be here. Then when I was older, I was going through some letters from my birth mother as I was cleaning out my room. It's a closed adoption, so I've actually, I've never met her, or I really don't know much besides um, from like letters that she sent or things that my parents have shared, but I do have like letters from her, and there were some letters that were from her to my parents, but I didn't know that. And I was reading through, and I saw something about how my birth father had actually wanted to abort me. And that crushed me. I really wrestled with that for a while, of this guy who, you know, came into my birth mother's life and accidentally got her pregnant. And because of me, he left her, and he, you know, he wanted to abort me, but she did not. And I was just so upset by that. Honestly, adoption is so cool because it's getting a chance to have a family when you wouldn't necessarily have that same chance. Like I know my birth mother, she wanted me to be in a family with a strong marriage and she wanted me to be in a Christian family. And that could have not been the case, but it was. But what I grew up believing were these lies about my story. First, I believed that I was a mistake, that I was an accident, and that it didn't really, like, I, I wasn't important. Other people were wanted here on this earth, but I was just kind of 
lucky to be here, so I'm just going to try to stay out of the way as much as possible, let other people have things. I'm going to try to be, you know, helpful where I can, but I don't want to get in the way. Or this is such a bad lie that I bought into because no one ever said this to me, but it was something that the enemy obviously had spoken to me and was deeply rooted into who I was, was that I wanted to be good enough to stay in my family because, you know, my birth mother couldn't keep me, you know, my birth father wanted to kill me, so I, obviously there's something wrong with me and I need to make sure that I'm good enough so that people will want to keep me around, you know, and self-sufficient in a way of like not really needing things and be good enough so that they'll want to keep me because I don't want to mess this up and like lose my family, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It was something that, honestly, I don't know that I could have ever verbalized that. It wasn't something that was conscious, but it was subconscious, these lies that were, that played into a lot of how I acted. I was such a perfectionist and wanting everything to be good because I wanted to be good enough. And my parents are so loving and supporting. I did not need to do any of that. I need. I didn't need to have a perfectly clean room, and I didn't need to get all A pluses in order to stay in the family. Like they loved me, and honestly, sometimes they would encourage me to get bad grades because they knew that I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like they are so supportive and so loving, but I bought into those lies. And honestly, hearing about or finding out that my birth father wanted to abort me was really something that I wrestled with and was so upset about because it just felt like this deep rejection where I knew my birth mother wasn't giving me up because she didn't want me. That wasn't it. I knew that she wanted a better life for me where I would have a family. But when my when I found out my birth father wanted to abort me, that felt like a different level of rejection of like, wow, I before I was even born, I was not wanted is what I thought that I was just rejected before I even was on this earth, on this side of the womb. But that is not the truth. My friends, here is the truth about my story. The truth is that God makes beautiful things out of messy situations. The truth is what could have happened is that, you know, my birth mother and birth father never met or that they never conceived or that they, that she ended up aborting me or that she didn't put me up for adoption or that I didn't end up in this family. That's things that could have happened. But you know what did happen? She got pregnant with me. She decided to sacrifice her body to carry me for nine months, give birth, even though she was in her 40s, even though she was embarrassed by this, she sacrificed herself for me. And that's a beautiful testimony itself. I'm very thankful that she did that and that she gave me the opportunity for life. The truth is that I was put in an amazing family that loves the Lord and supported me and loved me through all my messes and mistakes, even though I tried to be like the best kid that I could be. They taught me how to spend time in God's word every day. They taught me how to love him and to love others and to serve. They taught me to enjoy life, to have fun. My family is incredible and I cannot imagine life without them. My grandparents, my aunts, uncles, my cousins, my sister, my parents, they're all incredible. God allowed all of that to happen so I could be a part of a beautiful family who loved and supported me through all things. Isn't that amazing? 
And I was stuck in those stupid lies, thinking that I messed up and I wasn't supposed to be here. My friends, we all have a story. You came from a situation, no matter what it looked like, you were stuck in sin, whether that had been perfection, whether it was some sort of addiction, whether you just rejected God completely, or you were struggling with your relationship with him. He chose you, and we are adopted into God's family. In Romans 8, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Ephesians 1, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Galatians 4, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. 1 John 3, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. We are chosen and adopted in God's family. You do not have to earn his love. There is nothing that you can do, nothing you can say. It is not who you are that makes you good enough. We are not good enough on our own. We need his love. And my friends, you do not define your story. He defines your story. Everyone has a past. Whether or not you were adopted, whether or not you were born into a family that didn't care for you the way that you needed, whether it was choices that you made, your story is not over. If you still have life and breath, he's not done with you. He is still working in your life. He makes beauty for ashes. It is not about how it started. He has the victory in the end. It's easy for us to get caught up in the lies of the past and remember who you were. The enemy really loves to bring up who you once were and try to bring lies and saying that you're not good enough or trying to remind you of the sin that you once walked in. But you can come to him with the truth that Christ has conquered death, and that is enough. His blood is enough. It's not you and your changed life. Yes, when you're in a relationship with God, he transforms you to be more like him. But what really matters is the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because of his blood, we are made new, we are clean, we are white as snow. It's not about how your story started. It's about how it ends. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He conquered death. And you're still stuck on this? Don't be stuck, my friends. Don't be stuck in the past. Don't be stuck on the things that you once were. But remember who he is making you to be and that you are already clean. He's already made you clean in God's eyes. But he's also sanctifying you through this process that makes you more and more like him. Don't get stuck in those lies of who you once were. And honestly, that's a thing of pride. I thought it was humility to think that I was not good enough, that I was a mistake and an accident. You know, I thought I was so humble to let other people have things and to let them go first all the time. But that was pride because I saw myself in my own eyes, and that was my definition of myself. Instead of seeing how God sees us. He sees us as chosen and children of God. And if we see ourselves as something different, then that is pride because you're being wise in your own eyes and not fearing the Lord and what he says because his word is true for all people for all time and his word will never pass away.
you cannot be separated from his love. Nothing on heaven, nothing on earth can separate you from the love of God. You are in him. You are his child. You do not have to earn his love. And he defines your story. I pray that you rest in that and remember that your story is not over. He has brought you this far, and he's not done with you yet. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this week is filled with so much life and joy and that you can dwell on these words and remember what God has done for you and what he's continuing to do for you because his promises never fail. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. You can join our Facebook group. Please share, write reviews. Let us know how God is speaking to you and transforming you through his word. May the Lord bless you and keep you.